Now Donald. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 71. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who've known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk about everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. We obviously played Thursday night against the, the West Coast Eagles. I'm not sure played is what you should call it. Yeah, look. We stunk up the joint. We just had a, uh, a conversation about how we're going to approach uh, this podcast. And we're, look, we're going to go a little bit changing tackle. Usually we go through numbers and uh, and go through in detail the, yep. the game. But look, we both looked at each other and kind of said, well, let's just face it. The, t- the side just didn't turn up. It's like just, it, yeah. you, you could you could dissect it in a million ways. You could and talk about... Bad equals bad equals the aval- bad yeah. equals bad. You can talk about the avalanches <clears throat> of inside 50s yep. and... and, and, and we structurally break down and everything we've been talking about in recent parts has happened. I, I think the conversation today seemed to go to John Worsfold and look, I, I thought I wanted to just share my thoughts on the matter and Matthew Lloyd obviously had some very strong words again on footy classified and look, he's it was a little bit misrepresented in the media, but he, in short, he basically said he doesn't think Essen's going to make the finals. And if they don't make the finals, then he thinks Essendon should go out and and replace John Westfold. Replace John Westfold. So I guess on on tonight's podcast, we're gonna get more into that side of things again, like you said, as opposed to sort of pulling the the game apart and looking at statistics and who got what possessions. We're gonna have a bit more of an in depth chat yep. about that side of it, about <clears throat> excuse me, the performance as a whole rather than the individual sort of statistics that go for it. That should be an interesting chat, but I guess the big one for us tonight on the podcast is our very special guest, another Essendon Premiership player in Mr. David Calthorpe. <laughs> yes. Look, I'm so excited to speak to David. Uh, we've been talking uh, all week on, on sort of text, on message. Yep. Uh, really lovely guy. Uh, he's excited to come on. So we're going to ask him a whole lot of things. We were talking about modern footy. We'll talk about his career. Yep. We'll talk about a range of things. We'll probably have about 20, 25 minutes with him. Yep. So look, a great get. We're so excited. We always think, we always sit back and go, how do we get these I guests? But I'm, I'm um, seriously thinking about putting a photo of the um, of the 93 Premiership sort of players in their positions, uh, like on Instagram or something like that. And every time we secure a guest, a Premiership <laughs> guest like this, we put a big tick on their face and something. We see if we can work through who's next. Yeah. the entire 93 Premiership team, which be, which would be great. Yep. We're really looking forward to David. So yep. when we come back from the break, um, we'll have a bit more of a chat about what we were talking about before and we'll push into uh, David Calthorpe. Talk soon. back to the lunchtime catch-up podcast now then let's get back to what we were talking about before the break um the club john worsfold scotty where are we at at the moment as it pertains to john worsfold yeah look the reason i want to talk about this is because i mean i get a lot of messages whether they're private or on twitter or on facebook and i I just want to make sure people understand where we're coming from from as a podcast so we've obviously had we've even had a podcast you know on John Westfold and and look to be honest it was 
I wouldn't say bleak, but it was just an understanding that the club is not going well on field, yep. and that adds pressure to his role. And the and the 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 end results of games like the yeah this all sort of flaunted team that we've got with Shield coming in and all these these names that are on paper that look great on paper, yeah. But the performances aren't there, and the the same old ways we keep getting beaten every week. So yeah, I, I just think with the the sum of the parts has led us down to less to do with the players and more to do with the coaching style. Exactly. Uh, look, look. let's say from the start, right? So we pick up John Worsfold, 2016. It was a good appointment. It was the right appointment at the time. Agree. Uh, we've obviously gone through hell. Uh, John Worsfold actually, um, the previous year, helped out the Adelaide Football Club going through their coach, being basically murdered. Yep. Um, and he was kind of the healing presence at that club. I think it's Essen- a calming yeah. influence. Has a calming influence. I think Essendon saw that as an opportunity saying, wow, he's a premiership coach, but he also has an influence on how, how to handle um, extreme circumstances. And we had our own. We had yep, players suspended for 12 months and we were a club that very much down. So let's go. I think all this context has to be important to understand why we got him, why it was necessary to get him, don't and the he, premiership coach, and he's a premiership coach, Absolutely, so yep. it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that shouldn't be a side note. Yep, you actually getting someone of high pedigree and history of of ultimate success. Agree. So, no issue there. 2016 actually was probably a positive year in a weird way. We played a lot of kids. We saw, uh, we saw the parishes. We saw these guys sort of yep. be really competitive. Uh, 2017. Again, we we're quite competitive, and we had the returning guys come back, merge in, and obviously they had a, a probably a bit of a chip on their shoulder. We got quite competitive as a club. Yep. Uh, we just made the finals, got bowed out straight away, yep. and, and then that led to 2018. Now, 2018, we started, as all history says, very, very poorly, uh, Yes. And, and we probably a club that lacked probably direction uh and we looked a bit lost on field and see that worries me right yeah and and the weird part about this whole story is the second half of that year uh we seem to find a gear two gears but importantly i thought at the time we actually found a bit of an identity And, and i thought okay here we go we're actually coming out of this everybody thought that like and, I was yeah. for 2019 season when signing Shield on winning our last 10 games and Francis dominating and and uh, getting all of these incredible performances I was looking forward to the 2019 season more than I think I had in the last 10 years exactly uh, so 2018 for me because I'm a harsh critic was still unsuccessful because we didn't make the finals and no, I thought agreed. we I thought we had a list that was definitely capable of making the finals uh, and just before anyone goes, you're overvaluing the list. No, I didn't think we were a top four or top five team. I just thought we had a list that probably should have gone in that, maybe that sixth, seventh at least spot. I thought we definitely had a list that was worthy enough to uh, make finals comfortably and, and, and be competitive in a first final, if not win it. Yep. Uh, and I'm not alone in that factor. Uh, so come on to 2019... We have the preseason. Everyone's talking about, yeah, we stuffed up the f- first half of last year. That's not going to happen again. This is where the issue, I think, 
mainly lies with myself is how we've come out as a club, which in all honesty looks more backwards than forwards than the previous year. I 100% agree. So this is where I think the Matthew Lloyds, the Tim Watsons, uh, you know, you had... Mon- the Ronnie Learners. We had, we had Rewalt speaking. We've had uh, Montagna yep. mentioned that there's four clubs above Essendon that shouldn't be, the, if you look at the list. Brisbane. But they've just better have better structures. And yep. that was his comment on the weekend. So... That's the reality of where I sit today is... And these, these people that are saying this, by the way, the Wispy Watsons and those guys, they know a little bit about what they're talking about. Exactly. Uh, and I have to take notice of that, and, and but we see it with our own eyes. Now, the reality is, with all of that, we love John Worsfold. Like, well, I've met John Worsfold, one of the loveliest guys you'd ever want to meet. And we honest to God want him to succeed. Yeah, that's and, and that's something exactly, Grant. That's exactly what I want to say. We want success under this guy. Absolutely. We but he's we, come to yeah. a really hard situation at the club and frankly deserves it. Yeah. So and I think he deserves the rest of the year. That's personally me. Yeah, so do I. I I, yeah. I, I, I want to see how the year plays out yep. and I think we should honour that and and then a decision can be made, you know, we could win seven the next nine, say whatever, yep. and everything could be rosy, and and we have a list to do it. Uh, and that's what I, probably maddens me a bit. But reality is, if you end up losing more than you are winning on, on the list that we have... I was going to say, in, in the window that yep. we've got. And bear in mind, the Richmond Football Club is above us and they've had one of the worst injuries to star years yeah. ever. And that's it. Uh, and we've got the best yeah. defence in the comp. Yeah, exactly. We've had, yes, injuries, but there's clubs have injuries. Collingwood's had injuries. Yeah. Other, other clubs have had injuries. Richmond's the prime example. And I personally think, this is just personally me, when the club has injuries, you actually identify then where your club is at structurally, uh, culturally, and how they prepare themselves week in, week out for a list of 35 players instead of just your top 22. You find out where your whole club is at. The players that come in, the Laverdes and all that, you find out how they do things. How they Do they chase and tackle? Do they structure up? Is the whole game plan uh, seeding through the whole list so when they get come, come in, they know what they're doing? And what's the answer to that question? We're not. Yeah, they, and that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, the the structures that we're currently um, showing, yeah. we, 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 everybody knows what we're going to do. Every replay I ever see on Fox or anything like that when they're replaying Essendon is somebody takes a mark at half-back flank, yeah. and the, 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 the Jumbotron or the, the, the replays or whatever they do where they draw the lines on the screens, all the, all the lines go inboard. Everybody knows that Epsilon wants to go from the um, the boundary line inboard and then run down the middle. Everybody knows Essendon wants to do that out of the back line. Mm. But everybody's stopping it now. Yeah. And the bit that really, really worries me is that we go into the constant same... And we've said this a number of times in the podcast, but we just revert back when there's no option. When you look inboard and it's covered, there's no option but you just boot it down the line. And yeah. 
we, we the ball ends up just coming yeah. straight back. <laughs> yeah, and the issue is we've we're constantly booting it down the line to guys who can't mark the ball. I was going to say who are supposedly <laughs> going to mark the ball, but it doesn't ever happen. Yeah, unless uh, Kyle Hooker's against someone that's shorter than yeah, him. Yeah, Kyle Hooker has to kick to Kyle Hooker every single time. <laughs> that's right. Uh, if we want to mark, but we don't have a strong marking around ground presence. That's just reality. No, exactly Bell Chambers right. is not a pack mark. No, uh, McKernan can a little bit, but really. Um, they they were double teaming him once they once West Coast knew we were just continually putting it fifty meters down the down the boundary line. They just read us like a book and and just that's what worries yeah. me, mate. Is that how yeah. easy we are to read? Yeah. Tag Saad, their whole game plan was we'll tag Saad, we'll put a man on McKenna. They'll shut down that run and that will shut down Essendon. And, and they were hundred percent right, man. <laughs> yeah. They were hundred percent right. And I guess the 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 perceived inflexibility of being stopped like that, your run being stopped, and just continuing to play. Like I'm yeah. sure John backs the players in to adjust or backs the players in to be to do something different. But I'm I'm really concerned about. And then again, we've said this on this podcast just now is that John, as great as he is, and honest to goodness, we want to see him have success. It just seems like we're getting beaten structurally every week. Well, every yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I think that's the right thing to say because the opposition structures seem to be seem to be better than ours every week. I mean, the only people we've beaten are teams that are really down at the moment, and we beat them through individual brilliance, mm. like Shield having thirty five or Stringer kicking a million goals, Wallach kicking seven or a Wallach kicking seven or something. So there's no yeah. there's no team play that's un, that a team an opposite team looks at and goes. Damn, how are we supposed to beat that team? Like, look at the way they move the ball, like Hawthorne and Geelong and those guys. Mm. Someone like John Worsfall doesn't go, wow, we need to really improve our entire structures in the forward line. All John knew he had to do was just stop Sard and, and McKenna. Yeah. Two little two people and, and we can't we can't change it. There's no plan B. So I think we need to um we're gonna be crossing to David Calfold very soon. I think he's <laughs> sitting there waiting for our call. But I guess to wrap it up. We wanted to just sort of say again, we've we've had that. We John support the guy, yeah. but but we can't we can't deny what everyone else has seen. We can't deny that's that the Essendon Football Club at the moment is struggling on field. We Absolutely, just, we, we just can't deny. It. Yeah. We shouldn't be, and that's I think next time you're watching a game, Bomber fans, just don't don't sit there and go, oh, bloody John Mercer, bloody John Mercer. Just watch the way we play the game. Watch how many times uh, Zach Merrick gets a, a, a handball out to somebody on the outside of a, a pack. And, and I appreciate that everybody's hot and I appreciate that you've got to get rid of the ball quickly. But the amount of snapshots or snap kicks across the body to literally nobody, just in hope, down into mm. the forward line or down a wing or something like that, where it has to be individual brilliance every single time we go forward yeah. into a Pagan's Paddock thing. It's just, please tell me we've got something more of a game plan than that. Yeah, and exactly. And... Whether I think with John at the moment, like we said before, if the players are are not adhering to the game plan, then he's got a bigger issue. And the whole coaching group, and and that's just to finish off quickly before we go to David. David, um, it, it is a review of the whole coaching group. So uh, I agree. I, yeah, I, I'm not. I, he's obviously the the head man, so you know what happens in yep. AFL football. Absolutely. But it does need to be have a looked at and say how have we addressed how we want to play and how we addressed 
how we want to play if that game first plan doesn't it doesn't work. That's hundred percent right. Like that's that losing your first X amount of games this year and then just literally throwing whatever game plan that you had out for those three games and just letting everybody run. Yeah. That's the biggest but again worry for me. I'll be going to the Judo West game hoping we win and hoping oh, we turn around our season. Without a shadow that's of doubt, the spirit, man. I'm still there. I'm still it might be bad optimism or fake optimism. I still believe in this team and I, I want to win this week and I want to start a run. But that's how I'll go. I'll go, come on, let's go. Absolutely. Lunchtime but, Catch-Up Podcast, mate, is not against John Worsfold. We are against losing games of footy. <laughs> yeah. And we, we seem to be doing that a fair bit at the moment and it's getting a yeah. bit frustrating. And we just have to be authentic as a podcast. So Absolutely. We, we just have to call it as it is or, or we're not probably legitimate really as a fan podcast. Cool. So thanks, everyone. Let's go to a break and we'll bring in our 93 ex-premiership player, David Cowthorpe. EJ medal. EJ with medalist. Yes. And on the line, we have David Calthorpe. How are you, David? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. So good to uh, have you on the show, mate. Uh, we love our uh, ex-premiership players, and I think a lot of people have a soft spot for you. Uh, look, just to be honest, I'm a 45-year-old 5'9 guy, so you're kind of my personal hero. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're, you're, you're the, uh, the one that uh, keeps us <laughs> believing that we can, we can do big things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I'm kind of curious. Uh, we'll get the, uh, the famous elephant out of the room because uh, you must get talked about this all the time. And and um, if, I'll just give you a few clues. One minute 45 to go in the in the third term of a certain yeah. game. Uh, an opposition slightly, slightly getting a stiff that they could come back. And 10 seconds later, you grab the ball and from, kick it from basically David Myers' length. Uh, <laughs> from 85 I think it was like 75 if we're honest yeah we, we, we're calling it 70 as a, as a 45 year old 5'9 yeah. man myself yeah. uh, tell us through that experience of you in the grand final and, and it was it had to be the biggest goal of your career as far as the importance of it but it, but even just sorry to interrupt though, at the moment like you, you got the ball you went through you kicked it it was beautiful went for a goal did you know that it meant like you were trying to, you almost snuffed out Carlton again, or was just another play that you that you you know you'd kick the goal on. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, for me, it was probably just another play. Um, not trying to play it down or anything, but more because um, I had a job to do on the day. I was tagging um, Craig Bradley, so when um and I played, obviously at the Bombers, I played. Um, my my predominant roles were tagging roles. So yeah, and when when I was when I was put in those situations, my preparation for games and the way I went about it on field was totally different to you know playing sort of maybe half forward or a wing or even you know a back pocket. Um, I'd, I'd prepare differently. I warm up differently. Um, I'd sort of just focus in and zone in on that particular player. Yeah. Um, and I'd just go. I'd pretty much go down. As far as you know, I'd count their possessions, um, and I knew, and I knew up to that point that Bradley had a hand in a few of those goals. Um, I, I remember vividly him linking with um, oh, he's a long-haired guy from Carlton, Tommy Alvin. Tommy, Tommy Alvin, Alvin yeah. yeah, and they kicked, I think they kicked about three in a row. So um, 
yeah, and but I mean, I didn't, I didn't think that I had to actually do anything special. I just thought that I had to just knuckle down a little bit on him and maybe you know man up in the centre bounce. But we actually did um, one of the success stories of that grand finals. We actually did a lot of work, or or more to the point, Neil Danaher did a lot of work. He he was our midfield um, coach, and he did he did a lot, a lot of work on um, Carlton's uh, centre bounce stuff because they obviously had Diesel. Yeah. Craig Bradley, yeah. I think Nigel Gleeson, and, and they were they were, they were very dominant at the time in their centre bounce appearances. And just was Justin um, Madden there as well. Yeah, Justin Madden was at yeah. Ruckman. Yeah, so I actually yeah. So in saying that, I, I actually knew from the way they set up at that centre bounce, um, I actually knew where Justin was going to hit it, and he basically, and that's why if you, I mean, if, if you remember it, obviously you do that. Oh, yes, we he do. basically. He basically hit it straight down my throat, and yeah. and the basically, um, I'm pretty sure I remember, I remember it now. Gary O'Donnell put on a shepherd for me, and it basically the channel just opened up, and um, I think I took two bounces in the end, and yeah, and it was more. It wasn't actually like going to kick goal. It was just more getting to the top of the square, but it, it sort of just carried, and um, yeah. So I was going to ask that. that. Was, yeah, and, and, and even even when I kicked it, it was like oh. Um, just get back and um, let's go again. Um, and it wasn't really too, you know, afterwards and even later on, you know, weeks later that sort of, you know, people keep mentioning it to me that it was, you know, an important goal. But I, was, I'm, I know I know, I still argue to this day that with Jamie C that my goal was more important than his when he kicked <laughs> one right on the siren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll back you, David. We've, we've, we've spoken to Joe as well, but uh, he, he never yeah. mentioned it. Yeah, Joe, Joe, trust me, Joe's mentioned the goal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> his goal. Yeah. Now, one, one of the questions I always like to ask um, when we're privileged enough to have you guys on is, like, is there a situation where um, do you talk about it much or are you still on the thing? Are you there, David? lost him oh damn technical issues here at the uh, lunchtime catch-up podcast talk amongst yourself uh, i was about to ask a very detailed and insightful question to mr calthorpe just then scotty's dialing him back let's see if we can get him back on the line yeah don't know what happened there uh, well, no 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 you know what happened there we knocked the phone off the table david oh there you go i'm <laughs> very sorry about that we're a wildly professional podcast um I was going to ask the question. I mean, is there is there situations during a game, especially in sort of some of those big games, where I don't know, maybe like you said, you turned on your heels and you ran back to the center. Um, you just put one f- through from eighty five. It was great. Um, you didn't like you said. You didn't really sort of think it was particularly much at the time. But are there situations in games where you kick one and you know it's important, and when you look at the boys in the midfield or you look at the ruckman again, you know that that was significant. Yeah, I, I, there's no doubt. Like, um, I was never one to celebrate wildly like you know some guys do, yeah. um, but I was always, but I did, you know, um, sort of you know quietly sort of you know pump a fist or and you know and, and always, um, and then when your teammates come towards you, you, you know, it's like anything without without sort of saying anything, you just know. Um, just you can feel sort of their their energy and their excitement and enthusiasm for you know yeah yeah what what you've done and and you know being and you know pretty lucky when you you're when you're a bombers player as you know players throughout the years and even the current players could attest to is that you know we play in front of big crowds and and you know if you the the crowd knows it too when you kick an important goal you do something important that's gonna 
be instrumental in, in winning. Um, you know, you can you, you feel the crowd as well. Yeah. Um, so that that's certainly you know um, that that comes to the fore as well. So, uh, Dave, can I ask? Uh, you played two games right at the end of '92, uh, yeah. And then you've 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 in '93 you've started around about round 13, I think, against Richmond. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It, what's the gap there? Is that just form? Or is that uh, just, no, it just... was like, yeah, um, like I was probably, you know, obviously I was part of the Baby Bombers. Yeah. Um, yep. And I was I was probably the one of. The, we all played under-19s together, and I was probably one of the first ones to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to play reserves footy um, before, you know, like Mercs and Joey. And um, and so I had had quite a few reserves games, and I just probably just sort of plateaued a little bit, and those guys sort of come through. Um, and I got, yeah, I was got, I got, I'll never forget my debut game because we got beat by the Hawks by 160 points. Oh, I think, okay. yeah, I think Dunstall, yeah, Dunstall kicked a big bag that day of 10 or something like that. Um, and Sheeds played me the next week still. So, and then I got dropped after that. Yeah, but it was sort of a thing the next season where I don't know, I was uh, just, I couldn't get into that team. And, and I guess, I was sort of probably other thing that affected me a little bit is, um, you know, I got I played all year in the twos, debuted in the seniors, played every finals game in the twos, and got dropped for the grand final mm. for the for that twos grand final. And I, I was seriously just wasn't going to play footy anymore because I never, on uh, on I, I didn't I didn't sort of love playing the game of footy. I like mm. going to the club and. Be mind training that. Just love being around the boys and having a good time. Um, yep. So and Dennis Pagan was our reserves coach then, and um, and I just wasn't didn't really enjoy. You know, it was hard to take the fact because we had we had a lot of guys retiring that year. Like Terry Danaher played in that reserves premiership. Yeah. Okay. Um, a few guys played in that reserves premiership but never played again for the club. And I thought, well, why the hell are you playing these guys? Where you know, we're the next sort of crop coming through and um you know i think they played ryan o'connor who was a tac cup player at the time and he hardly yep. played all year and and you know had a pretty good year in the two still as well so um yeah it was pretty it was pretty hard to take um and um i remember like dennis saying to me well dennis was always pretty hard on me um i remember i remember him saying to me um that you know that i that's you know he was he was the main reason that I was still at Essendon and blah 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 and I thought well when he's gone so um, <laughs> you know what am I do they really want me or not so I went <laughs> so just a quick story I went and knocked on Sheeds' door yeah. did you um, went round to his house did you in the, hey you went round to his house. No, 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 no. Oh, in the just, office. Just, you know, okay. just, a, just a term, you know, <laughs> knock on the coach's door. And he, yeah. um, he, he sort of looked up me once and he said, yeah, what, um, you know, basically what do you want? And I said, oh, um, you know, I just want to know, like, you know, now Dennis is gone because he's basically saying that, you know, um, that he was the only reason I was still at the club, blah, blah, blah. And, and um, you know, I said, and I'm basically asked Sheeds, does he still want me? <laughs> and she just, she just looked up and he goes, do you think for one second if I didn't want you that you'd still be here? That you'd still be here? <laughs> oh, geez, <laughs> I, 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 I always went, yeah, I went fair point and I just walked out. <laughs> nice. And then, um, look, and, uh, I had uh, I had a pretty big pre-season. I was always, always had pretty good pre-seasons except for actually after 
after our premiership year, um, I had those. I had a slow pre-season, had multiple surgeries and that, but always had a yeah, good pre-season. So it was difficult to, especially watching Mercs and Joey run around and guys that I'd played a lot under-19s footy with. Yep. Um, so, you know, and even even when I got a game in round 13, I got dropped twice before that final series. I got dropped because that year there was buys. We had a buy in round 24, if okay. you remember. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, the seniors did. And um, so I got dropped two rounds before the – so I played the last two games of the year in the reserves and then got back in the night final because I'd come I'd come back in the side previously to play on Bradley. Um, and that's what – yeah, and so they're always going to play me on Bradley again in that night grand final. Nice. So, so um, Brattle, yeah, Brattles it's just a matter is... of – well, you know, I don't – because we sort of had a bit of a tradition myself – Joey Merch, we always drive to the games together. Yeah. Yep. And um, just for a bit of a laugh and that. And and uh, so, you know, I just wanted to be, you know, part of that. So, look, yeah. I, just, just, just so you know, on the uh, the under 19s, when all the guys you're playing with, uh, Ricky Olerenshaw uh, just let us know that by far he was the best of the under 19. Crew, so uh, Ricky was, yeah, yeah. So, that's, that's what he told us. So, uh, said, don't yeah, well, if, if don't the other boys, if the late I was great the best. Jordan was still still with us, he wouldn't say that about Ricky, no, <laughs> no, but he handed out the sprays. Ricky was at the front, don't worry. Oh, really? See, this, this, oh, the, yeah. this is the great stuff to talk to people like yourself, David, because we're gonna send we're gonna send Ricky an email after this, it's just, it's just a quiet one saying, A little birdie told me yeah. <laughs> he used to get some. <laughs> oh, he got some frightful sprays. So did so did Mercury. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, Alessio. They copped it. Wow! And see, this is the thing. One, I was one of his favourites. Okay. <laughs> it's so. interesting. You, you don't. You don't. You wonder whether or not nowadays in modern football, and that's it might slide us into that conversation. In modern football, do you reckon John Worsfold or coaches nowadays give old-fashioned slug Jordan sprays? Nah. No, they they're not allowed nah, to almost it stopped, anymore. It stopped like, um, look, I, I've had some, you know, some of the greatest coaches. Like I, I was coached by what Sheeds for so long, and yeah. then um, then Pagan at Kangas, oh, sorry, at Lee Matthews at Brisbane, yeah, and Pagan at the Kangas, and you know Sheeds and Dennis can give some frightful sprays. You what about Lethal? Did Lethal let rip every now and then? Not, not really. Not, not in the, not in the team sort of forum. He okay. sort of, he'd call you into his office and like, he'd be uh, hit you between the eyes with something that he wasn't happy with. Like, um, yeah, and he, and he'd just be yeah, really cutthroat, sort of honest with you. Okay. <laughs> like, like I, yeah. I copped it. Like when I first went to Brisbane, because yeah, because I got, um, I went in the preseason draft to Brisbane in the '98. Yeah. Yeah. And because we'd played, we played that um, marshmallow final against North. Oh, that's right. Okay, and, yeah, um, yeah. And I was, and I, and and Brisbane had the wooden spoon. That was Lethal's first year up there. So I, um, and I traditionally put on a fair bit of weight after every season. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and so I had to have that um, six to eight weeks off, whatever it was. And back then. It's not like now where they keep themselves ticking over. Like, I just had a rest. I arrived in Brisbane and um, and they'd been training for six weeks. So I was like way behind the eight ball. Yeah. 
And um, after a few weeks, um, he called me in his office and he had a he had a letter. He had a letter from a, a, a fan, and so basically questioning why that he um, took me in the preseason draft, and you know he should have taken this bloke, and 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 um, and, and he said, you know, um, you need to present better. You need to do this better. Um, you know, you're unprofessional. Blah blah blah. And I said, "Well, it's your fault because you took me." You know, basically, because <laughs> I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really, really want to go. My heart wasn't in. I didn't want to leave the Bombers. Yeah, yeah. But they sort of pretty much, they pretty much made it hard for me. Said, "See you later." Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, and uh, um, and he, he 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 asked me a question. I thought, well, I'll just be honest. He said, um, you know, if you had your time again, would you? Have, would you have come here? I said, no, I don't yeah. want to be here, basically. So, And that was sort of the end of my career anyway because my body was shot. And, um, yeah, I just I just found it hard. I got I got really crook in Brisbane and I uh, got, got injury before round one. I got reported in the quaffle there. Um, the quaffle over there is really unprofessional at the time. Okay. So, um, well, it was... Somebody tried to drown me in a game. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> what, in a puddle on the ground? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we played. We played. Bloody I was playing, hell! I was playing from a Ruchi door, yeah. which are no longer in existence because they were just a they were folding basically as a club. And, yeah. and um, actually, Chris Johnson, my teammate, one of my Brisbane Lions teammates, yeah. he was struggling at the time as well. He was he was playing for Broad Beach, um, and he said to me before the game, um, he goes, "Oh, just." Um, just be careful because this spoke man in the game. They're going to they're going to try and get you, <laughs> and okay. and because um, they basically they basically Marichio had no players. It was a joke. And um, anyway, so first the first centre bounce. I'm just looking around everywhere, not even watching the ball. And big bloke come big bloke off centre half back or something just comes charging at me, <laughs> and I, I um I just sort of jumped in the air to go grabbed his jumper up high and then took his weight to the ground and. And um, and yeah, just basically tried to basically tried to basically make a point that you know, no, I'm not going to take any crap from anyone. Yeah. Anyway, the rest of the day they had this this young guy tagging me, and he was into me all day, just being an- annoying. And um, I lost lost me cool in the last quarter, and I've um done this. Remember <laughs> that? Um, remember, remember the uh, was it was it? Um, Dennis Banks on David Reese Jones or the other oh, way yeah, around yeah, when he yeah, yeah. put him yeah. on the boundary and he, and he got him. The uppercut. Yeah, well, he? I did one yeah. of those. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I smacked this bloke from here yeah, in a tackle and I've rocked. And, and then next thing I know, because the ground was underwater this day, and yeah, next yeah. thing I know, like, I've done that and everyone's on top of me and they had me head like in the ground. I couldn't. And none of my players did anything. My teammates. <laughs> oh. I didn't even know them. And, and Chris Johnson was, like, pulling the... the his teammates off me so, <laughs> to protect me. Mate, I reckon that's got to be one of the funniest things to, I've ever heard. Um, my, my, most yeah. they like, they the tried tribunal. to drown me. Yeah, I went yeah. to the tribunal and like the, I spoke to the guy beforehand. He said, you, you know, look after me, blah, blah, blah. And he rocked in. He had like a big black eye and stuff. And he basically, when they asked him what happened, he said, oh, he basically told him that I'd well, I punched him in the eye, and that's the, that's what I he got from it. Bloody hell! So, <laughs> the funniest thing was though, Gabby Allen, who was a footy manager at the time, and obviously Lee, who was the coach, they came to the tribunal, 
and um, and it was this like local footy club in the club rooms, <laughs> and with the quaffle, and they had this like footy ground, like a map of a footy ground, and they had those little army figurines. Yeah, you had to place them on the ground to show what actually happened and where we were. She had army dudes with <laughs> guns thought, oh, in their hands. A joke. Oh yeah. man! And then, like you know, when when a player when a player gives evidence, they're supposed to you know that's it. They don't have to hang around. They yeah. can just leave. Yeah. But this guy hung around, and he, he basically waited for me. And uh-huh. I and I went out. And then I went out to my car, and he he went out to his car. And he basically drove out when I drove out, and he was like driving alongside me. Oh, and really? I, I was. That's if it had been about, yeah. if it had been about two weeks earlier, I would have run him off the road because I just bought a new car up there. Oh, pox on um, ruining the I, new car. Yeah, and I because I had one, I had the club had given me an old Toyota Lexan, which is an old Copper Commodore, basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I remember And that, I was yeah. driving, I was driving, driving that thing around. If I had had that still, I would have put the guy off the road. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that's it. The modern footballers have no idea what it's like. Man, that was my that was my yeah. time at Brisbane. <laughs> is, uh, the, the, another story. I don't know if we're just going off track here, but no, 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 about, go for it. Another story about Brisbane. When I went there, I had so they hadn't given me a medical or anything, right? So they flew me up um, when Essendon basically said. I tried to call Essence Buff, said, I'll talk to other clubs. I said, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a bad one. Yeah, yeah basically, okay. basically, yeah, with the contract they gave me, they said they didn't really want me. Yep. And Sheeds was, un- she was under the pump at the time in the 98, didn't know if he was going to keep his job. Yep. So, um, yeah, I went up. So I, fl- I um, flew up to Brisbane and had a meeting with um, Lee. And he basically said, I don't care. He basically said, I don't, if you're in the draft, I'm just, he goes, I'm just going to take the best player I want who's ever's in the draft. And if they don't want to come, that's bad luck. They don't play footy then. So he's basically saying, if I'm picking you, you're coming no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> right? So in the end, I just decided, yeah, well, I'll go. Because when you've got someone like Lee Matthews ringing you every day, he wants you to play for him. Yeah, it's, that's, um, yeah, you know, it's a pretty that. big deal. Yeah. And then I've got my club that that I wanted to play for, didn't really give a shit about me so and wanted me to go. Um, you know, it was... It was, well, not an easy decision to make, but it was a decision that I had to make. It's an so, obvious decision, yeah. Yeah. So then when I went up there, so they didn't give me a medical or anything. And I'd had hamstring problems and um, just problems with my core. Um, so I went up there and I had a my first week there, first couple of days, I had a medical, full of medical of the physio um, and the doctors and that. And they, they basically said, oh, how long have you signed here for? I said, oh, three years. <laughs> I had a three-year guaranteed contract. And um, they said, if you had done this before you signed, you go, we wouldn't, we, you wouldn't have got one year. Buyer <laughs> <laughs> oh, beware on that one. Yeah. So and it sort of turned out that way. Cause that, we, seems, that seems, even for like late 90s, that seems very rare that they would invest in a player without doing a medical. That's... Yeah, because I, I would have thought yeah. I would have thought like a Doc Reed would have done that even back that time. Oh, well, I had like it's not that I it's not that I had like you know standout type issues where I you know because I'd I'd finished the '98 season. Well, I'd come had my best year in '98. I'd come fifth in the BNF at the Bombers. Yeah, and that was that was the whole that was my whole downfall basically. Going because I'd signed a contract the year before, at the start of '98. Yeah. Basically, with a clause in there that if I'd finished top five, that the club would have to renegotiate. 
which they did, <laughs> but they renegotiate a lesser contract. Down, downwards, unfortunately. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, not rewarding me. They just said, no, you're inconsistent and injury prone, so we'll give you less. Yeah. So it was, so if I had a, so it's like sliding doors type moment, if I had a, like, not finished top five, I probably would have finished my career there. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, wow. So, so now, um, um, state of origin. Yeah. 94. 94, state of origin, the big V on the chest. That must be a highlight for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it is. It probably is more so now. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Only because there's no, it no longer occurs. And um, and another funny story, at the time, I didn't know sort of much about it, you know. And at the time, I had I rocked up to the club to training. And I, I wasn't told anything by anyone. I didn't hear anything on the news or anything i rocked up to training i remember there was a guy who was the accountant at the time his name was george megalutis yeah and and he he basically he was always a bit of a smart ass to me and that we used to have a joke around and then he and he congratulated me he said something about the victorian squad and that i was in it and that and i thought ah he's just having a lend he's having a lend and then a couple of other people said it as well but they it was sort of like because i was a little, probably a little bit of a prankster and that he used to muck around a fair bit and I thought that people were just having a lend. Yeah. And then and even when we got together as a group before we went out to training and they congratulated blokes, we sort of said my name last and that and there was a sort of bit of laughter and that and I didn't really didn't really sort of hit home that it was actually that I was actually in the squad till I don't know, a bit later when when the person that I actually trusted said, Oh yeah, you're in, you're in. So but even then I thought, well, with the names that were in that squad, there's no way I'll play. Um, and then, but as as it was happening in those later years in State of Origin, guys were dropping out like flies. Yeah. And I remember Curly Austin was the coach, and he said, "Yeah, you're um, you're going to be playing. You're going to be playing the midfield." So, um, yeah. And, and you I, mean, and you and you actually win the medal. And you just peel off yeah. an EJ. Well, even, even, even then, even then, when I played the game, it was like. I've watched it once, twice before, and I, I don't know how Buddha Hocking didn't win it, to tell you the truth. But, um, <laughs> I think I'll just give it to a young guy um, to try and maybe boost this whole state of origin thing. But um, I didn't even know there was a medal until like, even someone said to me after the game, you won the medal, get up there. <laughs> you won the like, medal, oh, get what, up there. What medal is that? <laughs> so, yeah. Just, just EJ Witten. Who, who actually told you? Like, Where does it come from? Does it come from Sheeds or... Like, does the uh, the AFL inform the club, and then the club's supposed to inform? Yeah, you? I, I I can't remember to tell you the truth. I cannot remember. Um, yeah, I, I reckon. Look, if I had to, if I have to take a stab, I reckon it was Danny Corcoran, who was the football manager at the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I reckon. I reckon he told me, like, in you know, officially. Um, but I was pretty lucky, I think, because I think what like, Merck's played. Yep. Um, there was a there was a couple of us, I think. So, mm. and I was, um, yeah, I was just wrapped. <laughs> another another funny story. I was wrapped because um, Gary Abbott, Gary Abbott Senior was playing. Yeah. And I remember a few of the training sessions, right? And he, he used to he he because he he always mumbled when he sort of spoke. Yeah. And he hardly and he, he hardly said anything. But a couple of times, like he'd speak to me or call for the ball, he he was calling me Joey. <laughs> and I, I, and I didn't have, I, I didn't have, you know, the balls to say anything. Basically, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to gonna tell this bloke he's calling me the wrong name. <laughs> so, so I just let him, I just let him do it right. And then, um, I remember after the game, 
because he basically he gave the free kick away to Nigel Smart that cost us the game. That's right. Remember the, in the goal square. Yeah. And um, I remember after the game we had a shower and he was his sort of locker was next to mine. He was getting changed and um, and I mean I had hair hair there didn't say did he? and he asked to borrow my hairbrush. And um, so I lent him my hairbrush, and I thought, "Oh, Gary Ablett's Gary Ablett's used my hairbrush, and I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't use, I didn't use it again." And then when I got when I got when I got home, I put it in one of those sealable bags. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> and to this day, I, I, I don't even know where it, I can't find it. So oh, sure. come on! Please tell me you've got the hairbrush that Gary Ablett used. <laughs> it's brilliant. You can make a fortune for that on eBay. Have you still got the big <laughs> yeah, probably, jumper? Probably could. But my most memorable thing of the state of origin was I went. Um, I spent. I didn't spend the night with. I was out all pretty much all night with Tony. Um, um, ended up like finishing the night with Tony Modjo, which was an experience in itself. I would imagine. Especially when you're in Adelaide. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, actually, I can it probably imagine. wouldn't matter where you were with him. He was. He was like. I'm, I'm kind of assuming that he was popular with the ladies, and he was a good oh, person yeah, to hang around. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> Do you still have the uh, Vic jumper? Yeah, it's actually um, it's actually hanging in my son's room at the moment. And, um, the jumper with the medal and um, and a, a photo of the team and the yeah and the record with all our yeah, names and that. Yeah, that's nice. some damn good memories right there. Oh, yeah. well, we, if we've you, had, if we've you get a frame of that and it's in the corner, have a little frame of the of the uh, the hairbrush. It'll be perfect. <laughs> He could too. <laughs> um, we've had you for a good long period of time, David. We'll, we'll wrap it up pretty soon. I always like to ask, and especially for someone who spent a fair amount of time tagging, um, who's the best player you played with and against? Um, yeah, it's a tough one because... Oh, Just all-around skill. I mean, look, Gary well, Ablett's pretty good. You but know, I mean, oh, oh, This answer will probably blow your mind a little bit, but... Oh, me and Shawnee Denon were a duo in terms of tagging. Like, I'd take someone, he'd take someone else. If it wasn't working out, one of us was struggling, we might swap over. Yeah. And I just, I just loved playing with that guy. You know, Fred just loved him, and um, and you know, he was he was a great player. You wouldn't even know if you know, kick left or right. You know, if he was a left or right footer, because you can kick the same with both feet. And, um, but in terms of like, you know, talent, um. Yeah. I'm going to say Wangers. I'm going to say Gavin Wanganine. Yeah. At, yep. at the Bombers, you know. Um, you know, Brisbane, I was lucky enough. There were so many good players there. And they all come They all come together and come good at the same time as well, you know. Yep. Win three flags in a row. Yeah, and Michael Boss was just, yeah, just a competitive beast, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, at the Kangaroos, you had um, Carey. But, you know, Glenn Archer was just unbelievable. So, I've been pretty, I've been pretty lucky, I guess, Um playing with some of those guys so um you know guys it's hard to it's hard to say one because they play in different positions yeah um and they're different and they're all different sort of types of leaders as well in the footy club so true but the guy you had on last week gary o'donnell absolute superstar you know so it was it unheralded a little bit you know just so professional and just got everything um you know if longy hadn't won that would have been very close at Norm Smith in '93. I reckon Gary was pretty close to winning it. Yep. So I think he won. I think he won the best and fairest that year. I think one yeah, or two. Okay. Possibly. Yeah. Just to just to finish off the uh, the talk. Yeah. Uh, 
your, your camaraderie that you had with the youngsters coming through the under 19 is that really in some ways the catalyst of of 93 just that you understood each other you were you were close friends yeah, I think not not just not just the camaraderie of the guys that come that were all the baby bombers. It was the camaraderie of the whole group. Um, it was just a good mix of the young, um, the middle aged guys, the experienced guys. Um, we we all fed off each other. Like you know, like we'd we'd play a game on a Saturday, and recovery back recovery those days was you know just make sure you rock up to the club Sunday morning. Um, doesn't matter what sort of state you're in, and so you know we built that camaraderie by um, playing footy together, training hard together, going out together, and then coming back to the club the next day together, and you know just chatting and telling stories, and um, and I think they the older guys were just important to us as we were just as important to them, and um, you know I think that's why we were successful, and I don't think. You know, I, I don't. I think footy's lost that. To tell you the truth, I don't. I don't see it. Um, I don't think it happens anywhere because you know there's, there's such a focus on these guys now. You can't really. You know, I can't imagine guys being able to go out to, to nightclubs in groups and Tony <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Well, we had. I mean, we had recently. You had actually an, an actual news article saying that Joe Danaher had a glass of wine, and it was actually yeah. actually almost as a critical and he had a week off injured and you're like, Oh, for crying out loud. Like you can't, even, you, yeah. can't you can't even go to yeah, dinner. No, like if, that, if, if we had that in place back in the, you know, that even that premiership year, like <laughs> you wouldn't be able to field a team. Half the players wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, yeah. I, I well, we, had a, yeah. we had a curfew. We had a curfew in that final series. You know, you had to be, you had to be home by, I don't know, midnight or 1am or something. Yeah. I can tell you, after even after we won the prelim, we were most of us just still out for a fair <laughs> bit of the time. But back then, you could do it, you know, recover pretty quickly and back on the bike. And but you know, it's 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 a it's a balance. Like if if we didn't have that and we weren't so close, I don't, you know, maybe we weren't, weren't going to be successful. Yeah, yeah, um, I understand that because you know it's uh, that oh, that was yeah, to me that was a massive part of it. Yeah. Uh- it just look just to finish off Essendon today. Do you still watch footy? Are you still watch? Do you still watch the Bombers oh, at all? Look, I watch it. I watch it on occasions. It's it's, it's I mean, it's a little bit tough for me to watch Essendon sometimes. Cause, you know, I went back there to work for like, geez, over five years in the footy department, and yeah. um, sort of had to was forced out in that Matthew Knight sort of era. Okay. Um, um, and I'm, I wasn't too happy with the club, and I was yeah, and even then even more so disappointed in those years of that supplement sort of saga. Mm. Um, really, yeah, really disappointed. Some of the things that I was hearing out of the place, um, yeah. And I just don't look. I, I think, I think along the lines of everyone, the, everyone, every other supporter, or a lot of the media saying, you know, Essendon's got a pretty good list. Sure, they got injuries, but everyone's got injuries. I just don't. I just think they lack. Look, they. I think they make silly decisions a lot of the time, and and um, turn the ball over a fair bit. Their skill level's not up to scratch. But then again, that that seems to me. I mean, I was. I can't really talk. I wasn't a really skillful player, but that seems to me to be footy these days. You know, they play. Teams play one half of the ground. They try and get like a counter sort of attack. A little bit like soccer. Um, yeah. Yeah. I sort of turn the tally off sometimes when I'm watching it, and then. 
you got a you know got a behind the goal shot, and there's 36 blokes forward of centre. Yeah, it's, yeah it just, it just looks ridiculous, and yeah, that's and to me that's why you know people are critical of umpires, and, and I am too most of the time. <laughs> but um, it's pretty hard to make decisions when there's so many people around the ball and players make so many mistakes. So you know they've got to adjudicate all those all the time. Um, but you know I think I mean Essendon's just still one game out of the eight, and you know I'd love for blokes like. You know, especially like Michael Hurley and Kale Hooker to maybe you know try and get get up there and have a crack at it. You know, before their careers sort of finish. Yeah. Especially after seeing what they went through and. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but you know, I think they're, you know, they can't they can't really look. They've had they've had a lot of Essendon's a de- the one thing they got going for them. is a destination club. Yeah, it is. Now, you know, they, yeah. they, you know they, they've they've got they've got a distinct advantage over other clubs because because if like if you're looking for another club, you're not going to pick St Kilda over Essendon. You're not going to pick North Melbourne over Essendon. You, no, get, you get to play Anzac pick. Day. You get to play Anzac Day one. You get to play Dreamtime of the G two. You yeah. get to play in all these big games that Sheeds has built up and like. So they got you know that's why that's why players go there. That's where you got Devin Smith. You got Dylan Shield. Yep. You know, um, Stardy, Smith, yeah, yeah. Stardy, yeah. yeah. So they got, you know, Stringer, got some pretty bloody good players. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then, I mean, I like, I like watching the two, two got the Irishman and, and Sard off half yeah. back. I reckon yeah. they're the they're two most important players. So did, um, um so did, uh, what's his face, the West Coast coach on, <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> he, yeah. knew, he knew they were important, tagged them. And, you know, um, I just, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see probably, I don't know, a little bit more emotion sometimes from the coach, maybe. Yeah, we've been having that same sort of chat. We look at and go, yeah, we, we, before we got on the phone to you, we were sort of trying to explain that we've copped a little bit of flack on the fact that we did a, we're concerned with John's coaching um, at the moment, considering considering the names that are on paper and the performances that we're putting out there. So I, I'm a bit like you, David, in that I'd like to I'd like to see a bit more emotion attached to it or John to come out and give a spray or Xavier to come out and say, All right, this is this has gone as far south as I'm gonna allow it. We're gonna be refocusing on the football department. We want results or something like that. It just seems that no one wants to say anything and they just want to keep it all in house and just turn yeah. up every week. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just me. No, but but if emotion. you if you wait too long before you know it, then that opportunity is you know exactly winning the, the flag is is past your by. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, David, so, mate, yeah. we could continue to talk to you for a good hour or so, um, yeah. but you've been extra generous with your time, and we better let you go. Yeah. No worries, thanks, guys. Thank you very much can for I, your I, time. Can I just can I just finish with one thing? Yeah, yeah sure. Go mate. for it. Like. I don't, I don't want people. I don't want you guys and the listen your listeners. How many have you got? <laughs> uh, a fair few. A fair few. That's good. I don't want them to get confused that of my my success was just winning a premiership and EJ Witt medal because a small fact. I don't know if people remember this, and this is my highlight of my career. Yep. Is that I won back to back most improved at Essendon. Oh, okay. In, wow. In ninety in ninety three and ninety four. All right. Absolutely. I thought you were going to laugh at that, actually. <laughs> no, mate, absolutely not. That's what not. everyone does. I no, 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 mate. I, 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 every time we talk to the ex-players, and, and players full stop, 
especially <laughs> ones that have won EJs and premierships, mate. The mere fact that you played 92 games of AFL football for the Bombers and I played exactly zero, <laughs> mate. Winning, winning best and fairest, surrounded by not best of it, but most improved, um, surrounded like you said by talented players like Mercury and Mercedi and all those guys. To to hear you say yeah. that is actually a really good bit of inside information for us. Well, well, the Bombers, you know, the Bombers should, should have just kept me on for maybe eight more games because right. if my son decides he wants to play footy when he gets older, because at the moment he's playing soccer and footy. They better be Bombers. He's, he's, a, he's a little... <laughs> well, 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 if they hadn't kept me for, so I could play 100, well, they could have him. But Mate, if he ever needs a lift, it, so... to the, a lift to the Tullamarine cell, <laughs> let me know. Look, I'll take him down there. If you if you just put in a few bad games and came sixth in the best and fairest, then well, there's that too. <laughs> well, I tried. <laughs> you, you're gonna have to be accountable for your good performances. <laughs> good performances, I like it. <laughs> All right, All right guys. Thank you very much again for your time, uh, David. We really appreciate it, and we know the listeners are gonna love this chat. Righto. Thanks very much, mate. Have a great night, mate. Yeah. Bye. Cheers. Bye. And welcome back to the I Was Almost Drowned on a Quaffle Football Field by David Calthorpe edition of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. What a really funny bloke to talk to. Awesome interview. Uh, we're probably still chuckling after the break. I am chuckling. I, I, that was one of the funnest chats I think we've ever had in that David's a, David, mate, he's got so many stories to tell. And he would just go, oh, another funny story i got for you. We, we just wanted to let him go forever. I know, I... I suspect I, we may reach out to him one point and try and do a part two. Uh, I think there is a part two. I in sense that. there's more stories. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what we want, I almost like want to be really lazy on the questions and just go, "All right, David, just think of four stories that you can tell us that would be cool for the listeners, and we'll just yeah. go with that." So, another we, yeah. another '93 Premiership player ticked off the list. Yeah, and look, we, it went much longer than expected, but it was all fun and entertaining. So, look, we're we're not going to go on much. Uh, Thanks to all the people who signed up as uh, patrons to our yes. new site. Thanks very much. Just over 20 now, so thank you so much for that. Um, if you want some um, personal shout-outs, you want some um, extra content and stuff, have a look on the Patreon page. Um, all the details are there, and we can uh, we can start up that community as well. And look, just a reminder, uh, look, a few things happened on Twitter this week, which I, I won't go into too much. Just a reminder that the, the, the main podcast is free, and, and we love putting it out. And this and is always just, will. And look, this is just simply, it, this is simply your choice if you if you want to join the Patreon. We, it doesn't matter to us if you do or not. Uh, it's just we're just extremely grateful um, for the ones who do. Absolutely. Because literally, all it is is it's it's your own version of GoFundMe, which is not a great word to say at the moment. Yeah. But but it's it's the only thing just to to raise some money to buy some equipment and. Um, and, and look for those who are concerned about the off season, what happens then? We actually can turn billing off and on, and all that sort of stuff. If, yeah, if, sure. If there's a, no shows for a month, we, there's no way we're going to rip off someone. So it can be as cheap as two dollars. I won't go into too much, too much about it. But um, just thanks to the people who has are supporting the show, and um, it, it's a huge help for us. And, and, and we're obviously raising money ourselves uh, cool. to try and to try and buy more equipment. Hey, where can they find us, Scotty? 
Lunch catch up on Twitter. At the lunch catch up. Couldn't get the lunchtime catch up podcast. So it's the lunch catch up on Twitter. Instagram. Yes, indeed. The lunchtime catch up podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify. You can find it on um, SoundCloud. You can find it iTunes. on iTunes. You can pretty much find it everywhere. Um, and uh, in the not too distant future, as he looks up at the top of the screen and sees a webcam. We're going to be doing some video stuff pretty soon. Um, hopefully, with the next phase of the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast. So, yeah, we uh, we're going to be doing some um, some video bits and pieces that we hope you'll like. You'll get to see our ugly mugs. Sorry. Sorry and there was <laughs> there was a huge gap there for no particular reason. That was just me, looked, that was just me apologising for seeing uh, for seeing your ugly, ugly mugs. mugs. That's okay. I looked at Scotty and went, "Are you going to say something?" And he didn't. No. So this has been a really long one. Thank you very much to David Calthorpe. Um, we've got GWS at Marvel on Thursday. No stringer, and I'm hearing unlikely Fantasia. <sighs> So right. that's a whole conversation. So that's itself. quite literally the entire forward line gone. <laughs> yeah, well, if you think of Stuart Danaher, Fantasia, Stringer, um, that's about it. You're relying a lot on Laverde. On Waller. And Waller. And, <laughs> and maybe McKernan. Langford and McKernan. Yeah, so... It's not great. It's not great. Um, we could have a bit of trouble there. But um, everybody get down to the game. Get out and support the Bombers if you can on Thursday night. Um, and we will be back, excuse me, with a podcast not long after that game. Um, So we look forward to um, talking to you all guys next week. Catch you guys and go Bombers.